You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for David Shapiro. And this is Shapiro World, and this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. It made me laugh this morning, David, when I saw the lowest GDP growth in China in 27 years and the economy's in a terrible state, and yet it grew 6.2%. This is the second biggest economy in the world. I mean, what do they want? It's difficult. I'm going through, uh, I'm reading some publications at the moment to try and understand what it all means and and where it leads. Um, I think overall the market's been fairly positive because uh, uh, Chinese markets are up and commodity prices have seemed to be stabilized and mining shares are picking up. And they would only pick up if they interpreted as as uh, being a positive sign. But But you're right. Remember that you know, six percent at the level that the economy is at the moment is is uh, the same as ten percent a few years ago. You know, it's the same added value. So I, 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 I think it's probably the pace that is uh, built into investors' minds. But I mean, it's still a remarkable, um, you know, it's still a remarkable showing and a remarkable uh, economy. But um, you know, you can't disappoint if you miss a point, and and we're talking decimal points here. <laughs> yes. So, um, but 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 overall, I think there's been a ge- the market seems to be responding more positively than a lot of analysts and economists who who kind of uh, analyze you know every little reading or every little figure. And can you do that for an economy? I mean, for a continent or subcontinent, um, you know, the size of China. I mean, it's a huge area. How can they really measure it to that kind of point? You know, do they? Do they really? Does it really make that much difference? Anyway, but mm. but I suppose the tolls are taking a bit of uh, uh, you know a little bit of the edge off. Uh, it is starting to hurt a bit, but um, hopefully these things can recover. I th- and and it also depends on the second half. Um, you know whether they can turn it around. There was a little bit of turnaround in June. It's whether it can maintain it or whether we're going to see it come back. David, it's US earnings season. I noticed Citibank came yep. out with results today, and the results were better than expected, and yet the share price is down. Do you think the market's now what? just tired and it's going to say, well, I want, to, I want to take a little bit off the table, so we'll use any excuse to do so, even if the results are good? I, I think so. Again, you know, these things are so complicated to try and interpret because uh, um, why I say that is that we're not analysts. You know, we don't spend our entire life um, tracking Citibank or JP Morgan, mm. and I think the analysts go through every reading and they'll 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 focus on one and say, you know, even though the overall earnings seem to beat expectations or above, this is the figure that worries us. And you say, well, I, I'm not going to argue with that, and that seems to to push the direction of the market. So we've seen some of the big banks because of that come down as well. So it, you know, once again, you've got to analyze and say, well, what is disturbing the market? You know what? What do you expect from them? What What, what do you want to come out of it? I find I find I, it, it's it's an intriguing game. Uh, um, the whole financial system. They pick up all these small small movements, but the big movements they don't. <laughs> the warnings like General Electric and so on that we didn't get a warning, and yet I mean there, there are hundreds of analysts that cover these stocks in great detail. So it's 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 a bit of a fool's game to try and watch them on this quarter to quarter basis, and 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 adjust it accordingly. I think those banks are cheap. I mean, uh, U.S. I, banks, you, know, you mean? Yeah, I still think they're relatively cheap. Lindsay, you haven't done well in them. 
you know, surprisingly, and, and one can understand why, because with interest rates giving you no margin, um, even if you're lending money, um, you know, margins tightened. Um, it's, it's um, you know, there hasn't been much, and we've relied heavily on trading uh, for these banks to survive. I mean, they're active, but they're not giving us the kind of numbers that can really uh, uh, allow banks and financials to to match the kind of gains that we've seen in the technology shares. Other stock exchange new service announcements today. I was talking about this with Greg Davies early on today. Bidvestors acquired the Equestra yeah. Fleet Management and mm. Logistics Equestra by Bidvest. Yeah, that's the that was the announcement. Um, uh, it was sold by ENX, divestment by ENX of Equestra Fleet Management. Um, ENX, as we speak, up around about two and a half percent. Bidvest was up about a percent this morning. Now down around about uh, half a percent. Bidvest just goes about its business, doesn't it? Even without Mr. Yeah. Joffe, they buy stuff that fits in with what they've got already. Mm. Well, this goes to the bank, and because it's a financing operation, so this is not going into their fleet management or logistics business. This is this will be bought by Bitvest Bank, largely because it's financing, it's uh, it's fleet management, logistics, and it's a it's it's a it's a financing operation. So um, it, it's a reasonable chunky deal. They buying, I think it comes to one point three billion, uh, one point two seven five, according to. Uh, ENX's uh, statement, mm. and um, yeah, so so it's, as you say, they just keep going. Look, I I respect the management. I think they're a very solid team, and uh, they do things very carefully. What's against them is just simply the, the the level of the economy. You know, they can't fight that off. There's nothing that they can do that's going to change. Um, you know, that's that's going to change that trajectory. So they're doing as best as they can in in very difficult conditions. But they don't, you know, they don't slouch. They'll look for deals. And, and I, I, I'm interested in the other one because ENX, uh, um, I always see the chaps uh, floating around Melrose Arch and it's odd because um, I, I know them quite well and just, yes. I mean, know them well enough to say hello. And strangely enough, uh, this office is also just across the road and also in Melrose Arch. So I think this this was probably done at uh, one of the hotels or down at JB Cor- JB's Corner. <laughs> JB Corner, you're going to know, is now going to be called Mr. George. Lots Why? of things have happened there. Uh, because the chaps who, who own it, or I think uh, who've got the franchise, of changing the name. They changed, uh, they've got a big mouth in, um, in Santon City. And this JB's is going to be, a, I don't know what kind of a restaurant, but it's going to be called Mr. George. And across the road, we've now got Tiger's Milk, which seems to be a very buzzy bar. So, uh, Tiger's Milk started, I can tell you where this started. This started in Cork Bay with the chap who, who, who opened a tiny little place. And it wasn't called Tiger's Milk. It changed to Tiger's Milk, but he opened a tiny little place, a seafood place. And from there, he went to Musenberg and opened the first Tiger's Milk, which was a roaring, riotous success, you know, and a lovely view of the sea and a very historic building with arched windows and all that sort of thing. And now you can't walk down a street in Cape Town without there being a Tiger's Milk. They're in Camps Bay, they're in Long Street, they're everywhere. Okay. And this chap has made an absolute fortune in a market that was, was depressed, but he just got the formula right cool name tiger's milk attracted young people and mm. it's just gone from there so you've got one in johannesburg now goodness me well it's right across the road from us i when i walk in there i increase the average age by about 10 years you know average 12 age. years actually so, <laughs> so uh it, it's uh i happened to pass it by on on friday evening looked in there and a lot of young people there mm. uh, a huge buzz taking place so, um, 
Do you people know, stare at you, David, when you go into a bar like that with loads of young people they all having do. a good? Do they, they turn do. around and say, "What's he doing in here?" They're exactly like I can feel their eyes looking at me and saying, <laughs> "You know." <laughs> but but you know, as you said, it's a very simple formula. It's not the, there's a nice menu, but just seems to create the kind of buzz which is uh, you know, which which is interesting. It just shows you how these places can, and I think. I think, uh, you know, they're they, they busy by word of mouth. Mm. So, yeah, so that's how Melrose Arch. A lot of deals are done here. you just got to keep your eyes open. I used to like JB's Corner. <laughs> I used to make Benji Schleider mm. there have a couple of mm. drinks. It was a bar, and it was sort of a little bit mm. edgier than it is, and it was probably quite corporate. Mr. George, I'm not so sure about. Pioneer Foods and Zeta, both both with joint yep. cautionaries. Yep. Uh, what's yep. happening there? Is, is there going to be I an unbundling, know. do you think? I, I, I don't know what it's about. I, I actually... Not sure, you know, Zeta is the reason is because they own uh, a large portion of uh, of Pioneer. But yes. I haven't got the feel for that. It's a very simple statement. You know, the negotiations, which uh, if successfully concluded, may have a material effect. So I don't know whether they're buying something or whether, as you say, they might be unbundling. Um, I've had no feel for this particular deal. Um, you know, our market, our market overall, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking, is picking up now uh, with the U.S. opening. Um and it's really been uh, lifted by by uh, mining shares as well. And that's it's, it's the resource. I mean, when I say resources, it's the iron ore companies that are doing well. And there was a kick up in the iron ore price this morning that's giving us the lift. So why, why I'm mentioning is not to uh, divert the conversation, but really to try and find out what um, you know uh, uh, what Pioneer Foods is doing. And whether there has been a reaction, because overall retailers have been under a bit of pressure with the exception of one or two other companies. But I can't find any um, Pioneer Foods up, yeah, what's it, about a half a percent, Hmm. you know, very, very, uh, yeah, 0.63. So uh, if if it was a big deal or an unbundling, I think there would have been more of a reaction. So market, not quite sure what's what's taking place. Tom got Hewlett, further cautionary announcement. Yeah, I suppose they yeah. have to do that yeah. uh, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Remind me. They what... have to do it every few months. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you, you know, I was looking at that. I, I, I'm, still, uh, I'm still smarting from what's happened. There were companies that, that I took out. I was looking at Friday evening. EOH, ArcelorMittal, Omnia, Blue Label, Steinoff, Tonga. Just six companies that were once large businesses. You know, Steinoff at one stage, and I took their market cap at the height, which is not too many years ago in all their uh, in all situations. Um, Steinoff had a 356 billion market cap, which is now down to about six billion. You know, even I was looking at Tongart. Tongart never really running away, but a 23 uh, billion market cap, which is nice. It's a chunky company. You know, down to when it was suspended, down at one and a half. All those companies I mentioned have lost up to 80%, in fact, even more in some cases, of their, of their market cap. You know, yes. Omnia was a 15 billion business, that's two. So, and, and in all those instances, this is not the economy. You know, this was management that uh, kind of plotted their own demise or were behind their own demise. So, yeah, you know, among them, Tongart, which I think markets still – Still bewildered and uh, punch drunk over what's happened to this once, you know, very well-known business. Yes, I think they're punch drunk over all sorts of well-known businesses that are no longer well. Well, they are now well-known, but well-known for the wrong reasons. There's been there's been a dozen of them, David. 
Oh, yeah. No, these are just, I was just looking. I didn't complete my exercise. I happen to have the note in front of me now. But it's, it's uh, you know what's worrying me as well, uh, Lindsay, and, and I have to express this, is that uh, the volumes on the JSC have gone to virtually nothing. It's it has been, been holiday very, time, though. Very little. I, I, I don't know whether we can blame the volume. Now, I'm looking now. Uh, we're at eight and a half billion. What's the time? Quarter past four. We've got mm. another three quarters of an hour. Uh, nice burst. It's normal. It's it's also we've seen limited activity there, but a bit of nice burst, which makes up eighteen uh, percent of that volume. One and a half billion. It's no trade. Mm. There's no interest in the JSC. You know, so so uh, it's also becoming difficult to get excited about what's happening. There's no news. You know, there's there's nothing on the economic front. There's nothing on the corporate front. That's really getting any buzz in this market. We're still falling back on on the same stocks and still relying on mining to give us some kind of a boost. Just one other stock exchange news service announcement this morning, and um, we'd, we'd known about it before, but they have to put it out because it's a sort of a secondary listing here. And that was from AB InBev. And they've, can- yes, they've, yes, they've cancelled yes. their subsidiary mm, APAC, mm, mm. Budweiser APAC IPO. And yeah. the reasons they give are a little bit sketchy. They haven't really come up with anything that I can say, mm-hmm. oh, I understand no. now because of, of this. It's almost as though they've in, what they've seen is the last two months of beer sales in that part of the world and said, no, this, this is no good. Something's going on. Yeah. When, when a large IPO like that from a massive, massive company is cancelled, which is unusual given the fact that they probably spent a billion on corporate advisors mm. and that sort of thing, then it makes you think that they know something that we don't. I, I just think they couldn't get their price. I don't think investors were... I don't, you know, the the optimists say that it was a bad time because everybody's away and large fund managers are away and couldn't look at it. I don't think that's altogether true. I think uh, that timing, uh, you know, they would have thought if it was a real option, if it was a really good, um, you know, uh, cheap, um, no, regardless, investment managers would have gone for it. But it's disappointing that uh, they weren't able to to get the kind of price that they want to do. Of course, why they're doing it is to alleviate debt. So they need the best price possible to, to add, you know, to, to, um, they're giving up future earnings to reduce debt at the moment. So when you, when you give equity away, you're giving uh, the right to all future in, in perpetuity to earnings in the future. So you have to be sure that you get a decent price for it. Very disappointing. And also it points to, I think it points to other things in that market as well. Just shows you, you know, the share prices come under pressure again. It was performing reasonably well this year, had a bad 2018, but was picking up a bit now. But I think uh, people are going to, you know, investors are going to review the outlook for this as well. So, you know know, know what our problem is, Lindsay? We're going to lose half of NASPERS to Amsterdam. So, We've got to replace those companies. You know, we've got to replace, I don't know what it's going to be and, and what the eventual outcome will be, but we've got to replace it with other shares. So you're looking and say, well, what's going to come in its place? ABM, Bev, Glencore, whatever. Uh, not very promising. No, it's not. Not very promising is the reaction to Mr. Zuma in court today. South Africa's former president, Jacob Zuma, has told a judge-led inquiry that allegations of corruption against him were a conspiracy, his words, his word rather. 
aimed at removing him from the political scene. He was appearing for the first time at the inquiry, which is investigating allegations that he oversaw a web of corruption during his term in office. His supporters cheered when he entered the building. He was forced to resign, lest we forget, in February 2018. The allegations against Mr Zuma focus on his relationship with the Guptas, which was accused of influencing cabinet appointments and winning lucrative state tenders through corruption. There's two things, ways I'd like to look at this. I say to me, well, he's lying. He's lying through his teeth. Of course. Or number two, he didn't understand what was going on. Is, is he know, a liar I, or an, an ignorant? I, I think what worries me is that he's still got the support, you know, and that he still has widespread support. I don't know whether it's factional. It is. Um, you know, whether it is factional. If it is the fact that he can still, uh, you know, appear having done what he's done and having crippled the country over the last decade or so, I still find that there are people who are willing to back him and support him. And I think that's a tragedy. And, and I mean, the evidence that has been put before him is so overwhelmingly uh, against him. This you mm. know, doesn't appear comp in any way to be a conspiracy. So I, I, I don't know where this leads. And I think he's just trying to avoid I think he's charges lost it. against him. I mean, let's, mm. let's face it. He's 77 mm. now. So he left school 63 years ago. He lashed out in detail and with fury. It says mm. here, uh, what he said was a decades-long conspiracy against him. He implied that the UK and the US had been and still were part of an elaborate plot to discredit him, even as he tried to bring about political and economic change in South Africa. He, he, he's talking about the UK and the US now. What on <laughs> earth? They don't give a... They don't give a... Why would they... They don't give well, one about, about Zuma or South Africa, quite honestly. Well, I, to be honest, I don't think we're on their radar anymore. No. And I think that they're the it's the last country that they're going to spend any time worrying about or trying to bring about political reform or change. I don't think they care. And nor do I think we are producing anything that is of strategic importance to them, even though we might think we do. Uh, there might be a bit of platinum, a bit of chrome, etc. But I'm sure... That in this world, you know, um, they can find substitutes. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's crazy. It's just uh, this, you know, the Western world hates us, hates Africa, etc. I don't know where he's going to get sympathy from, but um, I don't think any judge is going to fall for that, or certainly not this committee. He so, said that the uh, Guptas. He said but the Guptas. We've got to get the outcome <laughs> yeah. of this. This has got to be sorted out. You know, yeah. we've got to we've got to take this out of the system. Everybody's waiting. The world's waiting to see if corruption charges will be brought against him and whether those responsible for robbing billions and billions from this country will will face the consequences. Um, so. He said that the Indian-born Gupta family were very friendly. <laughs> is what yeah, I'm sure they were. <laughs> One thing is clear from Mr. Zuma's tes testimony so far, according to the reporter from bdlive.co.za, if he is to go down, he will not go down alone. He painted a picture of an alleged conspiracy dating back more than two decades to destroy him. I have been provoked, he said, as he threatened to name alleged spies who betrayed the struggle for the freedom of black people in South Africa and who were still conspiring against him. Wow, this is... This is <laughs> so you, you can't make this up, can you? This, no, he might be able to. just got a very furtive mind. You know? I don't think so. It's like a Harry Potter. It's like... <laughs> you, you know, the judges have got a rule. I mean... It's absolute nonsense. It really is. Uh, what are you doing at the moment, David? Anything else? And we'll talk about sports well, in a second. You know what? We're going to look at the. At the you know, we started off with the results. I think we're going to look at the results very, very carefully. Yes. That are coming out of the US now, 
and 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 also just decide where we think uh, not markets but economies are going. There was a very there was a good piece, nothing new in the Economist, just uh, uh, you know looking at the U.S. economy, and I think the conclusion is that. Uh, issues that uh, normally bring about recessions are not really in place, which would be, you know, ex- uh, over exuberance or high asset, very high asset prices, not high asset prices, but more bubble type situations. It's not there. Inflation is not a threat. So I think it, it, it's a difficult market to read. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't draw you in, but it doesn't spit you out. You know, it's not attractive enough to really start throwing money on it. On the other hand, it's not that bad that you want to really lose your place. So, you just, you know, you just track sideways, picking up a few things here and there. But I'd like to get some guidance from the numbers that come out now and see if, if, if perhaps chaps who are running big businesses see things differently. Sports over the weekend, mm. yeah. You used to tell me oh, that uh, when you when you were a youngster, your weekend entertainment during the summer months was going to the Wanderers and watching cricket. So you understand yeah. cricket. That was extraordinary, sure. was it not? Totally. Oh, wonderful. And two very talented sides. Mm. You know, I mean, neck and neck. And and just shows you that uh, the final turned out to produce very strong teams. And that I'm, credit to New Zealand. You know, credit to New Zealand. Somewhere down in the bottom, I don't know, you can hardly find them in that, that almost close to the uh, South Pole. But, uh, you know, to produce... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but I mean, if you think of this nation, what they can produce in rugby players, what they can produce in cricket, it's remarkable. Mm. With very very limited, you know, they, they haven't got the resources that the US has got. Not that they play cricket, but but even the UK and you know other other countries. But well, what talented people and uh, a wonderful spirit. Eh? Mm. The one thing that struck me about how I kept on switching. In fact, I had two screens on at the same time. I was watching Federer against Djokovic. Mm. Was the how does Djokovic feel, Novak Djokovic, who's a fantastic player and a, a true mm. gentleman, to be people always willing him to lose? I mean, it was a very partisan oh, no. crowd. It was, I thought it was a no, bit of a no. shame, actually. I, I think Federer is a gentleman, and he's always had that. He's thirty-seven. I think they want him to get one last Wimbledon. Um, I think I, I always feel that Djokovic had the edge on him, you know, and you could see that in the tiebreakers. Uh, always just got that point, although Federer was playing brilliantly. Um, Federer blew it. He was he had two match points, two championship points, and strangely enough, just couldn't produce it. And you knew that that was it. Once it went to a tie break, hell, uh, Djokovic is cool and incredibly talented. And also, for, for, for Djokovic to take the risks that he took, knowing that he's got two points to save, hell, they both both incredible. And both, look, both in the 30s. I mean, Federer 37, I think Djokovic is also no spring chicken. And yet no one has come underneath them to challenge. And it's a highly, highly competitive, uh, you know, it's similar to kind of golf in that. There are millions of people out there playing tennis. It's not confined to a rugby team or a cricket. These are individual sports. So, hell, super, super weekend. Only four weeks to football. Oh, no. I, I just read my Arsenal newsletters that come out there. I just want to die. 
<laughs> well, what's happening? <laughs> Nothing's happening, in other words. Nothing's happening, in other words. I was like, oh, no, I can't go through another season like this. I'm not going to go through a season just throwing slippers at the TV screen and cursing and beating up everybody that comes within 10 meters of me. You know, I can't do it. <laughs> Barcelona have bought Ant- Anton Griezmann from yeah. Atletico Madrid for an absurd mm. amount of money, 100 million or something. Mm. Uh, they've already bought the yeah. Dutchman from Ajax, the, the, the young superstar centre forward, De Jong, I think his name is. Mm. Uh, they've, they've still got Messi, they've still got two more years of Messi. This is yeah. going to be a team, as long as the manager gets well, it right. I- this is I admire incredible you. Team. Yeah, I admire you because you watch Spanish soccer. You know, I love watching it, but I still got one eye on the English Premier League. You know, so uh, and and I just I just want them to do something. That's all. Just give me a little bit of hope. You know, this start, I start off on the wrong foot because having seen them at the end of the season and knowing that's going to be the same team. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and what's galling as well that Spurs signed two players in one day for sixty million or I know, something. I know, I know. I just don't tell me that. <laughs> David Shapiro, thank you very much for your time. David Shapiro is from Sassman, and that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with ShareNet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.